Hi, you're listening to The Comedian's Tea Party with Cy Deeves. Fair warning, this podcast may contain adult content. It may not. I don't know. I never really have a plan. Let's listen on and find out. Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the Comedian's Tea Party with Saeedees. And in this episode I have got Matt Hoss. He's a wonderful comedian and a promoter. He's a lovely guy. It was, it was wonderful to have him on. We've been talking about getting getting him on the podcast for ages, so I'm gl- glad we finally did it. We have a lovely chat. We talk about all sorts. So he's my first guest, to my knowledge, who has a degree in comedy. Uh, which is fascinating because uh, like some of the things that he studied, like I got to question him about that during this episode. So um, so it's really interesting, I think. And I, I hope you also think. But yeah, lovely guy. You might be wondering why there's been a little bit of a gap. I've, like, you know, I've got a lot of things to promote, so I should be doing more stuff. But uh, also I've got a lot of a lot of things going on so since the last episode my divorce went through uh, my house sold and I'm trying to buy another place to live by myself and it's uh, it's very very stressful also I had a little holiday with my family and it was it was lovely but but yeah it's been it's been a very very stressful few weeks so apologies for not bringing out the podcast but I have had some reflux you don't need to know that but that's where we're at Speaking of things that are stressing me out, if you listen to this in time and you live nearby, even if you don't live nearby, if you want to travel, because, uh, you know, there's quite a few people around the UK that listen to this, I'm recording my last tour show. I'm recording Cyclops live. I can't remember if I've talked about this previously, but like it's all it's all booked. It's all happening. It's happening in five days. Uh, Next Monday, the 6th of November, at 21 in South End, a wonderful little venue. It's you know it's, it's it's not too big, so I don't have to worry too much about selling it out. But also, it's uh, it's bigger than the amount of tickets I've currently sold. That that is increasing. More more and more people are buying tickets, which is wonderful. But if you are in the area and you want to come down to watch the show, I tell you what, the, this isn't a thing that currently exists. But if you're listening. And you basically, I'm running the whole thing through Kickstarter because I am I'm using that to fund the recording itself because uh, that's you know that's costing me money, and I need to pay the videographer. So you know if you if you want to just head on over to sideeds.com. There's a link at the top there where you can have a look at all the things that are available. You can get a director's credit. So when it comes up in the credits, say yeah, say say director. So that's nice. Or if you want to go one better, you can get a custom credit. You can create any title that you want, like winner of the Kentucky Derby, if you if you, if you so wish, or owner of many eggs. I don't know something. You can put whatever you want. There's you know you can you can get get tickets on there as well. And if you, if you want to go on and you, buy, you want to buy a normal ticket, then please please do because you know that's sort of more more money going towards the show. But if you want a little, a little, a little discount on some tickets, then there's the the level at the top. You can donate whatever you want from a pound upwards. So tickets are seven pound. 
if you want tickets for, let's say, £5, then go on there to type in, you, you can put in, like, you know, if you want, if you want two tickets, then, then, then pledge £10, so on and so forth. You get that. You understand the five times table. Just put in a multiple of five of however many tickets you want, and then write in the comments on it, T Party Pod, the letter T Party Pod, like the handle. And then that will give you. I'll 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 take that as you buying a ticket for the show at a discounted price of five pounds. Does that seem fair? Crucially, this is a fun episode with a, a, a lovely a lovely guy. And I'm doing his club uh, in Harwich at the uh, end of uh, November on the thirtieth, I believe. It is the thirtieth. I've got my calendar in front of me. That's the joy of having a physical calendar. Oh, shut up, Simon. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful episode. Uh, I've got more stuff to plug to you at the end, including I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you some tour dates, which isn't yet fully launched, but it will be soon. But I'll give you I'll give you the skinny on where I'm going at the end. So cool. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the episode. I'll speak to you at the end. How you doing, mate? You OK? Uh, I'm very well, thank you, man. How are you doing? Sorry, I'm still just yeah. sorting this out. I will be... I'll be properly with you in a mo. Oh fuck me! Uh, take your time, and then we'll uh, we'll catch up whenever you're ready. Oh, this is to be fair. This is how the podcast starts nearly every time. So <laughs> just admin. Yeah, it's uh, there's a, a surprising amount of admin. I, I started the last episode. I had um, uh, Ben Lung Conlon on, and uh, yes. I spent the first like couple of minutes just asking him what he had for lunch. Oh yeah, the typical kind of uh, broadcast questions here. I, yeah, I well, feel that. To, to be honest, it's his fault. He, he brought it up. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, he said, oh, do you want to know what I have for breakfast? And I said, yeah. And then uh, I still wasn't sorted, so I, so I had to ask what he had for lunch as well. Okay, so you really, if, if when you panic, you start asking about kind of like what, what people are eating and what sequence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what have you had for breakfast? <laughs> we, this is uh, breakfast time, isn't it? Yeah, so let me talk you through it, because I've, I've actually got something of worth talking about Holy today. So. Shit. So my partner is gluten free, and for the longest time in our house, we've had a gluten free toaster. Okay. Like, uh, and I would just eat gluten free bread, whatever. Don't mind, it's fine. Yeah, you know I mean, but like, this week we got I got like a gluten toaster, like we're, you know, a, a toaster dedicated to all all the gluten stuff. And I don't really have gluten in the house anymore, but decided to have a, a bagel. This but, sorry, just to clarify, food. it's it's a toaster specifically for gluten. So it's not like it's not like a special. It's just a normal toaster, but like uh, we have two toasters in the house because like if you like oh, if wait, you I'm put gluten in the non-gluten toaster, it contaminates it, meaning that um that my partner would be sick. So we kind of kept them like very uh you know I I don't put my like, my regular bagels in there because that would make us sick. So we got a, a dedicated one today. So yeah. pretty pretty good stuff. Toasted bagels. That's I've exciting. had microwave bagels before, which was sad. But, microwave uh, bagels. Yeah, it well, it's literally just a, a microwaved bagel, and it just it was like just floppy dough, and just it was moist. Just, I imagine. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, it was honestly it was terrible. That so, sounds depressing. Yeah, it was depressing actually. Yeah, but you know, uh, we got my own toaster now, so I feel like I'm a, I'm a man yeah, finally. You're a, you're a full grown up, ready for fatherhood. <laughs> there we go, ready for fatherhood. <laughs> Uh, very exciting. Are, are you ready for fatherhood? 
So uh, yeah, um, I'm not, is this is this in the podcast right now. Are we are we into it now? Oh or mate, the whole thing's like... been in. Okay, okay, great. Yes, okay. Uh, am I ready for father? So um, I don't like I don't really talk about it that much because um, my 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 partner is a little bit more private than I am. Um, but I'm kind of more than happy to talk about it. But like, so it's one of these things where I am. Um, yeah, I am ready for fatherhood. It took me a little while to get my head around it because, like, because uh, you're a father as well, right? I am. Yeah, it's something that when I first found out that we had dad, it's kind of like a quite a a moment of disbelief. Do you know what I mean? It's something where I was just like, no, that's not that, <laughs> no, no, it's that kind of denial. Um, but yeah, and to be fair, like, um, on the day that I found out, was it's such a weird little story because, like, uh. Like um, I was in, in a bit of a weird headspace because um, someone uh, the day literally twelve hours before that, like uh, before I found out that I was going to be a dad, um, I I'm at university again at the moment and my course shooter just died and I had to call on my my friends in the course and it's quite a close knit course yeah, uh, and that yeah so it was quite it was quite a ups, upsetting time and quite a, like. And I, I feel like with those kind of things, it kind of creates a lot of, it makes you quite unsettled. And so my mind was in a weird place. And I was at work um, the next morning as well, doing quite intensive training and uh, about, because I work in mental health. So it was about um, protecting um, uh, clients with uh, in regard to suicide and risk, like high risk stuff. So not not just, <laughs> not like a typical chilled out, like intense training. And then, so... Um, my partner wasn't feeling kind of great and she didn't like coffee. So it was like, there's something going on here. But I, I was just kind of ignoring it. My uh, So my partner literally just said, if you talk about the baby and find out on the podcast, please make sure it's clear that we wanted him and he was planned. That is absolutely <laughs> true. Absolutely planned and wanted. I just doing That is story. a question I was um, going to ask. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, my partner's actually here right now. Yeah. Uh, cheers. Thank you. Does she want to <laughs> come on and tell side. the story? Uh, maybe. <laughs> been heckled by my own partner oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well yeah so just to clarify to the, your wonderful listeners uh yeah it was totally totally uh um uh planned and oh i'm very genuinely very happy just the story i was going to tell was that um i um uh yeah uh, i found out during the suicide and risk workshop like we had a break we came back i found out and i was like like my head was spinning do you know what i mean like just kind of like like you know you just kind of like oh my god what's what's happening um like, and so i i kind of sat there at my desk with my like kind of head in my hands kind of like hands like on the forehead but oh my god like try, figuring out all the stuff i'm gonna have to do in the next nine months and everyone <laughs> But obviously, I didn't reflect that to the people in the uh, in the web chat, and people were like, "Wow, they're really ta- he's really taking the suicide and risk course to heart. It must be really affecting them." It's like, no, I'm just gonna be a dad. Oh my god, what the hell? And so, uh, yeah, so it's quite quite intense in that way. But um, yeah, that's quite a sequence yeah. of events. But yeah, I, I'm feeling good about it. I think to be fair, like I think you go through patches of nervousness, like because I'm like because uh, it's not quite. I haven't had any like kind of real practice. You don't really get practice until you get there in the day. So it's kind of like there's a lot of logistical things. Like, oh god, oh my god, is that gonna be all right? But also the 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 more I I feel ready for it. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm in a place in my life where I feel like uh, I feel like I'm gonna be a good dad uh, yeah. or at least try my hardest to do that. So yeah, I feel yeah I feel kind of confident. Yeah, yeah. I know some people who've uh, they've been fathers for years and uh, they're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
They're still having exactly, a panic, yeah. just like, oh god, my dad. Like, yeah, they're ten. Yeah, <laughs> step up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, with other parents, do you ever catch yourself being like, oh, I wouldn't do that? Because like, I think a lot of people worry oh, yeah. about that. But I like, yeah, I wonder if if that's a you know a common thing. Yeah, there's always stuff. There's stuff all the time where they'll be talking about like that how they're doing something. And you're just like, um, are you is that baby alive or like, what? <laughs> How how are you coping? <laughs> the only advice I'd ever really take is from someone who has got like a grown up child, and they can mm-hmm. say, "Oh yeah, I did it." The problem is as well. Um, so my ex's uh, friend had uh, she's she's got a uh, one one year older than my baby, so uh, like two and a bit mm-hmm. year old, and a thirteen year old. So. Mm-hmm. Like she was sort of like she was approaching stuff because, uh, like, you know, medical things change so regularly. She was, uh, she was saying like, oh well, you know, this is what we did the last time. And they were like, we do not allow that anymore. <laughs> like, you're not yeah. like you can't do yeah. that. Yeah, and I definitely feel like like kind of like like my parents or like you know, my partner's parent in that kind of generation was like, well, you know, obviously throw the baby up into the air. That's obviously fine. And, you know, doing all these things, we did it back in the day. And like, I, I never really experienced that kind of like back in my day isms, but that really, that really was so, it's so clear. It's like, and all, <laughs> all the texts is like, nah, literally don't do that, please. Yeah. That's, that's really bad. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think a lot of people are working off like, uh, outdated ideas and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, things, but that's that was the experience that I had at the time. So, but that, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, it comes up all the time though. There's just yeah, this weird thing. Like, I mean, you'll you'll find them out on your own because as yeah. as much as anyone can warn you and say this will happen, you'll be like, yeah, whatever, and then it will happen. And you'll go, oh yeah, but it's, yeah. it's rarely rarely a big deal. Uh, as long as you're happy that you're sort of taking good care of your child, that's that's all that really matters. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm yeah, I'm feeling good about it and uh yeah, it's you know, it's um I think uh, it's 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 so weird because I'm quite a, an organized person. I'm a bit of a planner. I like to have things like all my ducks in a row so to speak. But like but so I kind of like for a long time I would just kind of think about all the things I had to do rather than the nice things that are coming if you know what I mean like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. so like you kind of like and I feel like it's really going to hit me very physically that emotion uh, when, like, obviously when baby's here for the first time. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like that's going to be like, holy shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, like just all the untapped kind of like unconditional love oh, just flood out. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. going to be really nice. Yeah, it's lovely, man. It's, it's, it's uh, absolutely delightful. You know, not for everyone, but I'd recommend it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That sounds like your review on babies. Like, oh, I, I personally loved it, not for everyone but you know they do a four yeah. out of five no you gotta throw that in because you know there's uh I, I was gonna say i'd recommend it but then you know if you don't want a baby then mm. then don't have a baby there's uh absolutely i'm, I'm not here to pressure anyone into into fatherhood that's what this podcast is really all about just pushing your own agenda you know just like yeah <laughs> yeah everyone, everyone have babies you'll like it it's nice yeah i i definitely feel like i'm not going to be one of those people like uh like because you know like I feel like it's uh, even for having a baby, like it's always quite annoying when people be like, oh, you're going to get married or oh, you're going to have babies. And there's always that next level thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Or oh, you're going to have another baby. Yeah. Oh, like that, that kind of. And I just feel like just let people do their own things, you know, at, at their own time. Yeah. I mean, like back in back in their day, 
to uh, to throw it back at them. Uh, you know, they probably you know che- cheating on their partner was sort of was all right, wasn't it? That's fine. Let's do that. Smoke in front of the baby. Give the baby brandy. Like you know, any number of things that are fucking awful. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's uh, We used to set our yeah. baby on fire. Just leave him in the corner. It's fine. <laughs> absolutely. Uh and have you ever heard any of that kind of really kind of random advice? Not necessarily bad advice, but just kind of like random like mm, I-, I think I might avoid that actually. <laughs> uh oh, I'm sure there has been. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, as I'm sure you can also imagine, like I you know, I'm tired a lot of the time, so my brain's not always running on full capacity. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what my answer to that would be. Yeah, how do you feel like you cope from like from lack of sleep, but also being a comedian and that kind of like? How do you think like that kind of tiredness or other you know uh, effects of being an Ed Parver has affected you as a comedian? Yeah, it's an interesting one actually, because there's a lot of people sort of when they're fathers or or, or just you know parents in general, they they'll they'll just they'll tell loads of stories about their baby and what the baby's doing, and like I don't really sort of I don't I don't don't want that. Like, granted, my new show is uh like it's fifty percent about having a baby now, fifty percent about divorce. Yeah, but you know, like there's there's not stuff about her as such, so. Yeah, it's sort of like I'm I'm approaching writing material in different ways because I don't want to just talk about uh, like like her or whatever. Because mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting. That like because like it's kind of like well, I, I suppose what's the reason for that is kind of maybe to kind of like kind of is it kind of like a privacy kind of thing that like you don't really want to like put, put a limelight on that yeah, but more yeah. like your experiences of that. Yeah, I'd guess so. Yeah. And yeah. uh, I mean, how are you interviewing me at this point? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Apologies. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll take the back seat. Yeah. No. It's all right. No. No. It's good. It's good. Good. Good questions. To be fair, um, I was thinking that a moment ago. I was like, he he's asking me some brilliant questions, but also, like, you know, you could you could be you panicking. Just, so, uh, you just ask me about bagels. So uh... this, this is helpful for you. Um, <laughs> But no, I'd say it's uh, there's there's certainly a consideration of like it 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 suddenly feels a lot more selfish to be going out doing gigs all the time. Mm. Yeah, which is sort of helped by <laughs> being in a broken home now because uh, I've got you know time to myself. But yeah, also I'm now sort of uh, not that I wasn't taking comedy seriously, but I'm now taking it a lot more seriously. Yeah, which okay. and I'm viewing like how I'm booking stuff and how how seriously I'm taking it is based on the fact that I know I've got to raise a child from <laughs> from stand up. So uh that's really interesting because like it's kind of like a lighting a fire a fire under your bum because like that exactly to provide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah it's it's it's, it's interesting that because like like obviously because um if for any of your listeners like we we met quite a long time ago in on the comedy scene like back uh, back when I was first starting stuff like that and I think we definitely grew a lot in terms of our comedy styles together uh, yeah. obviously but we haven't seen each other for a little while so it's, like, i imagine we've definitely honed that a lot more and uh and it's one of those things that um i do feel it's kind of like uh, yeah i don't know I, I think it's yeah i feel like it's been quite a journey and i feel like when i first started it was like uh, i had all this free time i could just gig like seven nights a week and do all like do like travel 300 miles to do a five minute spot yeah. uh and for free and but now like i just don't have that 
luxury or or maybe madness there do you know what i mean like because it was there was a there was kind of a wildness there like a desperation to to really want to to succeed but now i'm just like i'm very uh, far more picky and choosy like only doing gigs uh that i want to do rather than do it like traveling to do a gig for a uh you know a a promoter who uh, I don't like and has said yeah. questionable things uh, on on Facebook. So uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. That's that. It's, that's definitely a, a thing as well. It's like like I say, I'm, I'm taking it more seriously, but also I'm becoming a lot more picky because time is uh, time is much more important than it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's it must be. Yeah, it must be uh, difficult at the moment. Um. That's all right. Yeah, no, there's a lot, you know, there's, there's, there's certainly things to consider, but, uh, like I've got, uh, I've got quite a lot of support from like my parents and, uh, and the family and that sort of thing. So, yeah, so it's very helpful, which is why, uh, for some reason I've decided to book my first proper tour. Nice. Yeah. And so when's this tour happening? And, uh, yeah, what, what, uh, like, how have you? Uh, sorry, I, I've got to start asking questions. Uh, I, I'll, uh, I'll, <laughs> I was just like, this is such. You, can, you, you have taken over, and I impressed. That is. Uh, yeah, this this is uh, my podcast now. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, you you you've got to release it on your channel as well. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll put it out. Well, I I won't ask you how how you experienced that, but I'll tell you. I think that's pretty cool. Well done. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Yeah, I've, no, it's uh, it's going all right. It's uh, it's early days of booking stuff, but uh, sort of moderately positive. There's what what I find uh, quite funny is there's been a couple of people who've responded uh, with comments such as, um, "Yeah, we could book you in for that, but like, do you think you'll sell enough tickets?" <laughs> Immediately, I just think, "No, no, <laughs> no." I'll, I'll put you off till the next tour. Yeah, well, just. You know, I I so in twenty twenty I did I did my debut hour in twenty nineteen and I, I my plan at life at that point was to just do comedy hours every you know, just do a comedy new comedy hour every single year and do it like a mini tour. Like not a big thing, but I I had lots of independent venues that I worked with that I could do my show in and I, I literally yeah. did that look uh, until like <laughs> like March twenty twenty. And uh, yeah, it worked out really lovely. Actually, it was it was a real like like it was. I, I made enough money for me to to like it was financially successful for each gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I wasn't even that big. But I managed to get people to at least like. I think the the lowest number I had was like nine people, and okay. that was like that's fine. Like that's absolutely. I'll yeah, Lester, thank you very much. And I do remember a lot from that gig because like. I was doing my hour and it wasn't going, it was all right, but you know, like people weren't clicking and I was sitting on the stage and they were down below. And I always, I'm not sure if you've ever felt this in comedy, but like, like sometimes like just the, the levels are something which people kind of disconnect with. Cause if you're on a stage up above, like it can, they kind of disconnect a little bit. And, uh, so what I did is like I just stood off stage and got down to that level. I, I think I sat on the lip of the stage for a bit, so I was a bit more closer to them, and that made it far more intimate. And like they they reconnected with the show, and it, it was far funnier from that point on. And it was a bit more kind of uh, personalized in, in a way. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was really really cool. I really like. Yeah, sometimes it's just a small thing you got to change or something like that to to make it work yeah 
yeah no it's it, it is interesting and uh I, like i've you know i've seen some uh interesting stuff like that done on purpose where people know how to sort of manipulate the crowd in that manner for instance uh, my go-to example is uh, i was watching Stuart goldsmith at the fringe uh doing mm-hmm. an hour uh the show an hour not mm-hmm. obviously yes. He's doing an hour of comedy, but it was called an hour for the listeners. Good bloody show, uh, check it out. But during that, he like he was telling a story, and he uh, he popped up on uh, like there's a sort of a row of benches behind him, uh, like just one sort of long bench, and he just sort of like he popped up on that, and he sat there with his mic, and like he just looked so casual, he looked like a little imp. But it yeah. sort of it changed the way like he was telling this particular story, and it changed the way up the whole audience was reacting to it and everyone's sort of a bit more engaged. And I was like, that is fucking fascinating. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, often when a comedian sits down, like, I don't know, I, I, I honestly don't know what the the change is or what, what, what happens, but it does change the dynamic. And yeah, like, yeah, so, like there's a different kind of, it's like a tone shift in a certain way. Not like a major one, very subtle one. And yeah, I, I still haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. See, I was wondering about that as well, because I, I, I'm reasonably certain you're the first person I've had on the podcast who's got a comedy degree. Yeah, like, a master's do, in comedy. Yeah, like what does that entail? Because I know you've told me in the past, but that was a long time ago. Um, yes. But like, does it, did, do you cover that, like the, the uh, philosophy and like the psychological side of stand-up or...? Yeah, so it's uh, it's a question of two parts really. But the f- the first one is that uh, uh, well, That's I'm a my, good interviewer. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken it back, you bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I had to really rein it in a bit. Uh, I was told off. I was a uh, um, yeah, and, but yeah, I uh, I went to the University of Kent in Canterbury, and uh, and I did a drama degree there, uh, drama and classics, uh, and I did drama there. And part of that drama course was introduction to stand up comedy and. So my my lecturer, Dr. Oliver Double, uh, ran that with me, and I I I love Ollie. He's um, a very great man, someone I take a lot of inspiration from. He's he's a yeah. Uh, and for the longest, as soon as I started that degree in my first year, um, and this was a like a module in my third year, I knew I wanted to I wanted to do that master's degree in stand up comedy, and what what and I eventually was able to do it, and it's really fantastic because. You do there's there's practical elements of this. So like every week for p- part of that thing, you have to go up and write a brand new set every single week, write a new set and perform it to a to a, an audience. Wow. How long were the sets? Well, you can kind of pick and choose. There wasn't a formal kind of um time, but right. like anywhere between five to ten minutes would roughly be the right amount. Yeah. Sometimes like per special. Relistopur. Uh like yes, he just gets up yeah. and says his new stuff before he starts. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and it's pretty much like that. Um, but I, I would say like the the aim. So we would do like workshops beforehand to try and find like. Uh, so we'd work on it, like do workshops to kind of like see what worked in the room to experiment with different stuff. And Ollie would kind of ask us to um, find new ways of uh, working with us to get like kind of find who we are and how to apply that onto the stage. And yeah, I really, I really loved that time. And it's again, you don't really get that opportunity in many places in life. And I think that was great. Um, uh, I certainly learned a lot very quickly. <laughs> and I'd been doing comedy for a little while at that point, so I felt I was an expert in it. But 
um maybe an, an expert in bad habits in um but yeah. yeah yeah so i had to kind of unlearn and then relearn stuff um but i yeah it was a really good and valuable technique and so there's a practical element of that but also you do, like you do learn like why things are funny as well like uh, and like what is the what are the theories behind comedy why why do people laugh and what how would you if if you had to think about like do you know why people might laugh at a certain you know why do people engage with comedy are you asking and, well, well, uh, it's just like, do you, do you have any like, what would you guess? And like, because I feel like it, it's quite a broad question. It's like, what, why is the reason we laugh? Uh, well, serotonin. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's, there's all, <laughs> In short, yeah. uh, and there's also, um, again, there's many theories about, like this stuff like that. Serotonin. There's also some people say that, um, like evolutionary wise, like in terms of working with tribes, like. We would have laughter as a false alarm system in our lives. So, like uh, the idea, like let's say if we were walking out as a tribe, someone slipped on a banana and fell over, and if that person was like genuinely hurt, we'd like get them help immediately. But if that person was absolutely fine, we'd laugh because that would say to other people, "Hey, everything's okay." Ha 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 ha. Right, yeah, I mean, right, it's right. it's a it's a way to it's like security, and yeah. that kind of links like. Like the, to the idea that, um, like Freud had a, an idea about comedy, and Freud is a an interesting person sure. in the sense of psychology. But he had an, uh, the idea about kind of like tension in comedy, like uh, the idea that we feel tense and need to relieve that tension to feel okay. So, and do you ever feel like you're if you're in an uncomfortable situation, you might want to like have a laugh, like try try and laugh to break that tension? Oh yeah. yeah. That's kind of what he's talking about. He says it in much more complicated terms, but that is his broad idea. And I think that's a a really interesting thing. There's obviously a lot more to it than that, but uh, there's a lot of other things out there. But that I would say that's uh, that there was some the, the psychology of comedy is uh, deeply fascinating. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, and uh, and yeah, you know, uh, Freud said many things i'd say that that sounds pretty accurate um, <laughs> well yeah uh is have you got a source for that because i'm not sure because <laughs> that's very that's very yeah very very scientific that yeah yes Freud said many things he did say many things uh yeah. many many things could be ignored i would say uh crucially yes. what were we talking about before that we talked about masters in comedy uh and we talked about kind of um that kind of oh because sit, sitting down at the uh yes at, at, at your show yeah, I've never. I don't think I've sat down before. Give it a go. But the thing is, I carry quite a nervous energy all of the time, like uh, on stage, particularly, mm-hmm. and in life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't go Do you, away. Maybe this is me speaking because I would say I kind of, I have a quite a frenetic energy, which um, was when I first started, it was quite nervous. But I kind of use that kind of like blah, blah 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 as a bit of a as part of my chaotic. Part of my charm, do you know what I mean? But like, yeah. uh, do you ever pe- have people come up to you afterwards and like, oh, you don't have to be nervous. You are really funny. Yeah, but you don't have to be nervous. It's like, I'm not nervous. <laughs> it's it's just how I perform. Do you yeah. Know what I mean, well, the, I think quite often people come up to me and they'll say sort of something similar, but then they'll talk to me for sort of like thirty seconds and go, oh, he's not putting that on. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is all of the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So no, it does happen. But I've got. Um, my my new opener at the minute is uh, is is about that 
with people coming up and telling me that uh, I look nervous because there's a guy that came up to me told me that I look nervous once. Uh, this was at, uh, mm-hmm. downstairs at the King's Head. So in case anyone ever sees me do this, but actually, should I tell you this? It's the start of my new show. Uh, <laughs> um, but but basically, the guy came up to me uh, and he said, "Oh, you look nervous, mate." And like he we he was at the uh, urinal uh, with his with his dick in his hand, and I was like, "Yep, that's that's a fair." <laughs> yeah, I'm currently certainly yeah. Like put your put your penis away before you talk to me, please. <laughs> absolutely uh yeah i uh i yeah and comedy does put you in such weird situations like that all the time do you know what i mean it's like because it's like it's all it's like almost a, it's like it's a different lifestyle do you know what i mean like and if you're if you're a comedian you only see that side of life it's so so odd yeah because i was talking to someone about this the other day i can't remember who it was so my old show that i'm recording certain cyclops which is broadly mm-hmm. about the eye surgeries that i went through but like I sort of, I tell a story during that, but I was talking to someone the other day who uh, they they also had surgery and sort of uh, were thinking like funny like oh that's that's funny or whatever. Like I was literally I was laying on the surgical bed like ha- stuff was happening and I was just thinking to myself that that's going to be so funny. <laughs> like, you, you tell that story and uh, and I was just like uh, making sure that I remembered the stuff that was happening because I was like this is. If this was, and it happens a lot of times in my life, I just think like if this was in a sitcom, uh, like this, this would be funny. This would be really, really funny. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I yeah, I I uh, I would I definitely know that feeling, and you, where you're just kind of like you'll have a laugh and like either literally kind of make a note of it, or in your head being like, oh, I could use that on stage, yeah. and uh, and it's always such an interesting thing. Uh, the things that work in social situations where people know you and there's context there and then trying to recreate that in a stand-up setting and it doesn't always work sometimes it does but sometimes you have to kind of yeah you kind of it's kind of like uh trying to recreate a moment and uh, <laughs> catch the freeness in a moment and uh yeah it can be very uh very difficult and sometimes yeah as i say like you say something and you have to try and like <laughs> try, try to remember it and or maybe like yeah, yeah. but sometimes I, I find that laughs are there once in a lifetime that was like that was there for that moment yeah. and that's okay and uh, you don't need to recreate that again yeah that's it i, I find the the more we go on uh continuing uh in life but crucially as comedians you know like you'll you'll notice stuff and sometimes you'll think that's funny but that will mm-hmm. never be funny on stage yeah like you can let stuff go you could just sort of and that's what i try to do i think there's a lot of people and certainly uh a lot of newer comedians are just like they're they're not enjoying their lives because they're just looking at everything going is that funny is that funny can i take can i like oh, just chill yeah. out man if it's funny it'll be funny yeah and i i i've got to say i've definitely one of those kind of comedians and there was certainly a desperation there for for things in my life to be funny and i would try and put myself in situations where well maybe some material came out of this yeah. and that's quite a toxic way to live oh, and it's yeah. uh it's uh, yeah there were some genuinely unhealthy things that i did as a uh, in that early earlier start as a comedian so not late like later on but like uh, in those early of my days you would do in the pursuit of like for the comedy because like comedy was like my only thing then and 
you know it's, it's interesting that we're doing the, the conversation now like because like obviously at this point in my life it's <laughs> comedy whilst important to me it's definitely not on my priority list as much as it used to be like yeah. I, I do you know I do uh, I do gigs but it's not as frequently as I uh, I off used to do them do you know what I mean so I kind of pick and choose as I say but like yeah so but and and so and I think that's a healthy relationship with that rather than like I would I would literally put myself in situations which which were such a detriment to my own mental and physical well-being. Yeah. <laughs> for, for for a joke that didn't work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. Genuinely, uh, quite a bad, yeah, bad, bad, uh, bad vibes, man. And like, it, it was kind of like maybe, maybe I have a harsh view of my past, but I kind of like, uh, it did feel like, ooh, like I want to give my younger self a hug and some guidance. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. But you know, maybe maybe we've got to go through that to become a, a better comedian. Because the the, the thing is, there's a, a, some, there's some people who uh, like a, as we know, there, there's there's people that have started way after the both of us and yeah, are, are now sort of like hugely famous. Yeah. So you know, they're they they're sort of they're learning on, on a different scale to yeah. us. And that is that is in reference to the longevity because sometimes people will uh, they'll soar. For instance, do you know? Yes, yeah. I, th- I think he's quit now, but he like he did really well in some competitions. Got picked up by a big agent, and then, as I understand it, it essentially sort of sabotaged himself because he, he he just found him like you know he was in a sort of a, a situation that he didn't want to be in, which is fascinating. Whereas, uh, I might have to bleep his name actually because I don't know he, he might still be. Yeah. Kidding. But uh, where, whereas <laughs> you, you know we're. A slower burner and that is that's um so that i think it's something i heard on concompod where they were basically saying that you know it's it's the 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 the, the comedians that we know the ones from tv they're not necessarily the funniest ones who've ever been they're just the ones that kept going yeah absolutely and i think in terms of that like in terms of goals of what what you want out of comedy and what 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 I want out of comedy, they are so much more different to what I wanted when I first started, and like, and like, yeah, I think it can be easy to dismiss some of the really good stuff that happens in comedy, and it it's very easy to sensationalize stuff that you don't isn't necessarily good stuff. Do you know what I mean like, yeah, uh, not just like. To clarify, that response there kind of sounds like, oh, well, do you even want to do a live with the pop? Like, of course, that's not what I'm saying. It's a great thing. And it's also a great achievement for whoever anyone makes it. And any, any TV work that anyone gets is a great achievement. And I genuinely feel true happiness that when my friends make it on there, because I think people assume that comedians are kind of bitter that didn't happen to them. It's like, I genuinely, like, that's mint. I, I, like, it's nice to see people progress and to do different stuff. It's really nice. And we're kind of at that place where the people that we did work with have gone on to do really amazing things. And I, I guess what I was trying to say is that I, uh, I now get to work quite a lot and quite closely with like people who were like comedy heroes of mine back in the day yeah and now i can whatsapp them uh now i can i work with them uh now i uh you know i can i host a podcast and they're uh, you know and they're the guest cap they're the captains on that and that's like like when i first started i would never imagine that and that's 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 like a, a goal beyond my wildest dreams but now it's in reality and it's like oh i've got to do a podcast today uh, but actually it's pretty pretty cool and i get to do gigs where i never thought i would do like um 
I uh, yeah, I've uh, done like stuff like Kendall calling, and I am a regular at Deer Shed and stuff like that. Uh, and I and I love that kind of stuff because and those are the gigs that kind of give me um, such joy, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I so the the goalposts have moved, but I feel like like I suppose like um, yeah, I, I I think it's just finding the right goal for you. Uh, and yeah, and that that sounds like a a weird answer and maybe not even the, an answer that you, for a question you've asked but i feel like for me it was really important to kind of find the things i uh that i love doing the most and you know to recognize how far we've come absolutely yeah 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 because i think uh, i was thinking about that as well like the the goalposts they do they they do move and that's not through necessity necessarily that's, but d- difficult words to say together but they, you know, some like we we will we might have an idea of what we want early on, but as we progress, we sort of we realise that actually you, there's this other thing that you really enjoy doing, and now that's what you want to do. Like you might start out doing one style of comedy. Like I start I started out doing you know intentionally weirder mm-hmm. one linery bits, like a, not a one liner comedian, but you know much shorter bits and now i just i love telling stories i love getting into it i love peppering it with jokes along the way and sort of like mm-hmm. you know like just picking out the points to be like oh that'll be funny in there or i can put that little bit in there and i do t- do still tell little stories but like kind of they're, they're dotted about in different places but that's part of why i love doing hour-long shows because it's you you get to exp- uh, you get to learn about who you are as a comedian in a completely different manner yeah and i i've I'm not sure how you feel about this, but I, I definitely, I've, I've always felt it was easier, well, to, to write an hour show than a 20 minute like club set. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's just because of the comedian I am. And I feel like the criticism that people would jump in there would be like, well, you know, if it's, you've got like, it's not a tight show then. But like, I, I would disagree with that because, like, like I feel like you can add so much more weirdness and kind of leaps of faith into our show and do stuff which is slightly uh, less different again different paces you can kind of like different tones and stuff like that it's like it's like an art piece rather than a, a camera snapshot do you know what I mean? yeah, like yeah it's yeah. A, like you can kind of do there's a yeah it's a bit more artistry there you can kind of work with uh, and and i felt like uh, um you can and I think the difference is that you can be fully yourself in that hour show. And I think for me, and perhaps for you too, like, um, do correct me if I'm wrong, is that you can really explore your full self in that show. And I yeah. think that's the thing that people, uh, A, I find that easy to write for, and B, like, I feel like people do connect with you in a bit more of a earnest and genuine level in that way, which kind of makes the hour work a lot better rather than a 20 minute set where you have to fight you know it's saying jokes to a piece stag dudes who don't really give a shit about you yeah 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 because that's you know like in a in a club set so if, you know if you're doing a show to stag dudes then you're you're doing things to like you say you're trying to appease them but like you're you're compromising your like you know what you want to do because i'd love to go up and don't get me wrong uh you know, like we learn to we learn to compromise within our uh, quote unquote characters because they're uh, I, I don't know if it's the same for you, but my, like I, I'm I'm not putting on a character. I'm I'm very much mm-hmm. doing side eaves, but like showing an element of. But I'm sort of I'm uh, when I'm talking to stag dudes or people who are being rowdy, I'm sort of ha- I'm having to channel a part of myself that 
like I wouldn't normally do in an hour show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, t- like, to use my master's degree, I think uh, the uh, the typical word is persona there. How like, often do you say that of... in a day? To use my mm, master's like degree. Every 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like clockwork. Um, no, um, yeah, it's, I, I would say, I would say it's, um, yeah, it's different personas because, like, it's still you, but it's a different part of you. And in terms of, like, because um, uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm a, a student counselor as well. So, um, so that's kind of my my day job at the moment is um and they call it configurations of self so different parts of who you are uh in regards to kind of like the different masks that we put on every day they are still who you are but they're just different like like uh, imagine like talking to your grandma on the phone then talking to your mates down the pub like they're still you but it's like a different format for you yeah 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 fascinating yeah uh, I'm full. I'm full of wisdom. Yeah. Uh, let let it not be said that uh, that you're not full of wisdom. What tea were you drinking? What tea? Well, was it tea? Uh, and I, I saw you well, had a cup. Is it coffee? Let me let me let me. Uh, will, will I get kicked off the uh, the podcast if I say it's a black coffee? No, it's happened before. I think you're a piece okay. of shit, but. <laughs> <laughs> But here's the thing, right? Because I'm not sure if I love tea as much as I want to love tea. Does that make sense? Tell me. Go on. Tell me more. This right. is if you, if you're not going to drink tea, then then you philosophize about tea as as much as you wish. Right. Here's the deal. Right. And I don't want to upset people who listen to this podcast, but here's hot takes hoss on, on the way. I'm not a controversial person, but imagine uh, this is my controversial kind of vibes. Uh, uh, but here's my thing, right? I I never really liked hot drinks uh, until later on in life and I, and i've started to get like i really got into coffee about five years ago i'm like nearly 30 now but like i and i like black coffee as well it's i feels like it feels like a vibe and i and i like it sometimes it's a bit too strong but i like it it's quite it's more comforting than i enjoy the drink because it, it now i associate with kind of like like it's there's comfort there and i mm-hmm. like that with tea it, like it, so the, the key thing is like not the taste isn't always lovely sometimes it's nice but sometimes like it's not like I don't drink coffee for all necessarily the taste, but with tea, I don't really like the taste, but it, but I don't associate with that comfort necessarily. Where I think other people do associate with comfort, yeah. And yeah, but what I will say is like having like herbal teas, like uh, like I like uh, a peppermint tea uh, and that kind of stuff. Like, uh, but I think just your bog standard tea, I'll I'll drink happily if someone made me a cup of tea. Absolutely, here we go, lovely bit of business. Would I make one for myself? Probably not. Does that make sense? Yeah. Interesting. Like in social situations, if you're making me a tea, I'm not refusing that. But, you know, I'm I'm not going to go out of my way just to make myself some PG tips. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, PG tips would be... You're a Yorkshireman, aren't you? Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good question. You're a Yorkshireman, aren't you? Yeah. I, uh, to be fair, I... I mean, if you're Yorkshire from Yorkshire team. and you're not drinking Yorkshire tea, then what are you doing? <laughs> just drinking Yorkshire coffee. Uh, <laughs> are you actually did, drinking Yorkshire coffee? Um, I've got, we've got Taylor's. We have a, a bean grinder, so we um we got Taylor's coffee, and I think we've got some Morrison's own brand coffee as well. So, uh, don't yeah, Pre- pretty uh, living the high life, mate. Oh yeah. See, whereas I've been sent a, a whole big box of tea from my favourite tea company, 
mm. the Cornish Tea Company. This is I'm Ooh. I'm showing you for for you because I'm not yeah. using this video. Yeah, that is. Uh, I've got a vanilla chai. Vanilla chai, very nice. Uh, I think delicious. Yeah, Cornish Tea Company. My partner's from Cornwall, and uh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Oh well, then I can I can recommend. They're not sponsoring me, but they have sent me a load of tea. But also, <laughs> I've I've been banging on on the podcast about Cornish tea for so long, um, and uh, like I kept I kept emailing them sort of ages ago, and they just never got back. Uh, or like I'd get an email back saying we'll, we'll reply soon, and I'm like yeah whatever. Um, and then the other day I was like, oh, sorry, I'll, I'll try again. And there's obviously someone new that works there. And she just replied. She was like, yeah, we'll send you tea. Great. Uh, so uh, thanks very much, Jess, from from the Cornish Tea Company. You, you're a bloody legend, mate. Um, hey, Jess, hit me up, mate. Hit, give, give, give me some tea as well. well I, I they, like that intimate. They also make coffee. They're the uh, Cornish Tea oh, and Coffee Company. So Send them some coffee, Jess. Our... Yeah, get in touch and t- tell her you'll review it on your podcast. Yeah. I mean, look at that. That's yeah. great. That's lovely stuff. But this um, is. Uh, let me just tell you what's in it, because so like flavor-wise, it does sound like a, a sponsored ad at this point. Yeah. No. Well, you know, I've <laughs> I've got a if uh, when I have a tea for the first time, I do feel like I need to sort of yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm all ears. Yeah. It's, it's got quite a um. It's so yeah, like it's vanilla chai. Have you ever had a chai? Uh, yes. Like, yeah. So like you know they're sort of a little bit spiced, aren't they? They're sort of like gingery. Uh, but this is like it's a little bit more subtle because of the vanilla. I can't really taste vanilla coming through, but I can mm-hmm. taste what it's done to the tea. Do you know what I mean? Ah, yeah. yes, yeah. I can yeah. see what it's done. So yeah, we've got licorice root, ginger, cinnamon, sweet fennel, citrus peels, cloves, cardamom seeds, black pepper, natural flavor type bourbon vanilla, bourbon or bourbon, like the biscuit, probably bourbon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, Ooh, uh, good question. That's what's in it, but it's uh, just get a free bourbon, just just in there. Yeah, that'd be, uh, well, there might be. Oh, it's like a like when you get a toy in cereal, it's somewhere right. in the bottom. That doesn't happen anymore, right? Because like, I that was yeah, that, that's mint. I like that. Like that's mm, yeah, man, but that's I imagine that's it's good. an incredible health hazard. Yeah, but like how like you're telling me that you didn't have like that is that is happiness though when you find you get a toy yeah Ooh. yeah when it falls out in your cereal oh. yeah there we go but like i mean like again yeah to be fair <laughs> the uh the adult in me is like, actually that's a really that's a really bad idea isn't that's <laughs> so gross like where's yeah. that toy been has it been washed yeah probably it's, not uh, yeah the risk assessment on that is it's not <laughs> Not yeah. looking good. It is a safeguarding issue. Yeah. Oh yeah, massively. But also, like, I imagine there's kids that like, choked on the toys and stuff. Yeah. Because let's face yeah. it, people are idiots, aren't they? So. Yeah. Let's blame those kids. Yeah, they ruined the fun <laughs> for everyone. Bastards. <laughs> but yeah. So, do you think I should drink more tea then? I um, listen. I don't want to force my agenda on you. Uh, I've already told everyone to have kids, and you're, you've done that now. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, my, yeah. my, my work here is done. Well, you've not had the kid, but yeah, you're about. Yeah. To. How, how long have you got, by the way? Lich. Yeah. Again, I'm not sure when this is going out, but um, next week. When this? Yeah. It, it's as a recording. We uh, we less than a month, but so it's at that period where it's like, it could be half an hour away, or it could be 
<laughs> like five weeks away. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be you uh, telling uh, the story incorrectly of uh, of your conception. Um, yeah. No, not the conception. Don't tell me that story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like I, I'll be definitely getting a few WhatsApps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, can, can you stop telling that story? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Uh, but yeah, I, I am very much looking forward to to being a dad as well. I guess it's um kind of yeah, it's kind of nerve wracking. But um yeah, it's but also I kind of feel like uh, I guess the word ready kind of sums it up. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel good about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't do it until I was thirty six. Yeah, I had a baby. Should I say? Yeah, I, I did it before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you say yourself, all right. Where's yeah, this, right. this podcast going? <laughs> yeah, yeah I wait until I was thirty-five to. No, good, great. What's I thirty-five? <laughs> no, I would have been thirty-six. It doesn't matter. It's not relevant. Uh, well, your, anyway. your biographers listen to us being very confused right now. Just really, just trying to figure it out. Yeah. When when did I have sex? <laughs> it's surprisingly late. <laughs> not thirty-six. Shall we, you're still, shall we move you're still on? on? What was I talking about before? Start talking about a baby. <laughs> Teas. Teas. Agendas. Should you drink tea? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> Firstly, have sex when you're 35, then also, <laughs> then also drink tea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but also, so that, like that's because um, I've got a, a somewhat not a bad view of coffee. I just don't like it. Uh, I've tried a few, I don't like the taste. Uh, mm. If you don't mind the taste of some teas, then I would suggest there are probably some teas that you would enjoy more than the ones you've already had. Mm. Um, for instance, the Cornish Tea Company uh, make a <laughs> not not an ad, not an ad, not an ad. No, they're not paying me, but they can if they want to. I'll, I'll happily fit it into any conversation. But they, um, yeah, they. They make a delightful tea. Their specific Cornish brew, because they make an Essex tea as well. I don't know if they make other ones for the rest of the country, but they make it particularly for the, the hard water that we have in Essex. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, which I discovered the other day. is uh, It means it's got more Assam in it. Um, and that does whatever it does. Uh, but So I don't know if they make it for the rest of the country, for, like, for the water that's everywhere. They definitely do an Essex one. They definitely do a Cornish one. The Cornish one is called Smuggler's Brew, and that is the tea that started my obsession. And uh, that is, I would describe, as a slightly nicer... And don't get me wrong, I like a Yorkshire tea, but uh, but the um, Smuggler's Brew is like a slightly nicer uh, Yorkshire tea. So that's my tip to you. Okay, I'll I'll check that out. And the next time I'm in Cornwall, I'll definitely check out Smuggler's Brew. That sounds... Uh, I, I can give that a go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah it's good. It's cool packaging. It's, uh, it's basically the orange version of this. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. you'll recognise it when you see it. Well, look at that. Hey, well, to be fair, do, do you reckon the Cornish uh, Tea Company needs to pay you for the effort? Because I feel like you've you've already done a very good job on that. But maybe they should compensate you for that. I Do you know what? They said that uh, they were going to start listening. So if they're listening to this and they think, do you know what, that is a bloody good advert, then I, I'm i absolutely not going to turn it down. In fact, I would encourage them to pay me, uh, pay me a, a good wage. <laughs> I'll be their ambassador, sure. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, look at that. Um, have you ever done any kind of like uh, sponsored things before? Because I, for, for I, I do a couple of podcasts and I tried to get people to do spot. Uh, I tried to ask for sponsorship. And they're like, nah. And yeah, but I say I've got some free stuff before, but not yeah. never, <laughs> never done, never got like a a sponsored thing. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. uh no, I've, quick, I've, I've had loads of free mind. stuff. Yes. So that's nice, but no, no, no payment. Uh, but I'm got, I'm bringing out merch soon. I'm getting that design. Very nice. Yeah. That's that's gonna be fun. That's that's how I'm gonna try and monetize this shit. Don't I'm gonna that. monetize this shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you suckers listening. Um, yeah, yeah. Fuck you, listener, for enjoying this podcast. <laughs> I'll be with you, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. Please keep listening. If you are going to have a tea, is there one, I suppose you said you wouldn't particularly make yourself one, so there's not a tea that you'd go to? Well, if I if I was like, right, last last chance saloon kind of, like, if I, if I had to pick, like, a tea that I would like at any given day, I think Pucker do a peppermint and licorice tea, which I think is absolutely it's top it's top notch stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. good. It's good shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah. Uh, funnily enough, um Cornish Tea Company make a, a mint tea. Uh also do. Got a box yep. of it in there. I don't know what the ingredients is. Um I imagine just mint. Uh just mint. Yeah, just a, it's got a, a, a Triple X, tree bore, soft mint. <laughs> I was wondering where you came with that. It's got triple X mint. What? Yeah, I couldn't remember. Sexy mint. What? Uh, because that's not a soft mint, is it? That's a. Don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. Good. Okay. Do you dunk a biscuit in a tea? Good question. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this because I feel that I, I'm a person who. If I'm going to... I think you, everyone wants to dunk the... Sorry, you've just started tea. five sentences. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, they all lead to a very interesting place, but it's like you're drawing a spider. You have to have, like, lots of in... Like, sure. I don't know what that means. Um, yeah. Spiders <laughs> with five legs. I'll make it A. Um, right, but here's the thing. Like, you want to dunk your biscuit, and it's going to be like, here we go. Like, this is top-notch stuff. But... There are a lot of risks that are involved with that, which we don't talk about enough. And that's like, it falls into the biscuit. It falls in and it's kind of like, well, I've just got biscuit in my tea now. Sometimes you have crumbs at the bottom of it. And that I'll be honest, that's not pleasant, is it? I, I'm, I'm not, I don't think that's the nicest thing in the world. So if I do it, I do it with much caution, but not, I don't, yeah, I guess I don't really have that much um, biscuits to dunk in. So no, not really, not all the time, no. Okay. If you do, do you have an opinion on a, a biscuit with a, a good structural integrity? Because that's obviously uh, that's your main concern, I would assume. Yeah, I again, I here's another thing. Like, I would say, I think to answer your question, hobnobs, right? And I don't want to be like the old Peter K routine, but that 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 is that is that is hobnobs are the one that are gonna. Yeah, is that the right? Yeah, the ones that you know, just they can they can take a dunk. Yeah, you know I mean, however. Um, do you ever like? Do you ever like have a cup which is it's a bit too narrow for for a biscuit dunk? Oh, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, and that's that's good. Like, yeah. Like, what's the point? Why yeah. do you even wake up like, today? 
you have to break the the biscuit in half and dunk it in, but it feels like it's not quite the same spirit. Yeah, no, it's not the same. It's not as good. No, sorry, just cleaning my glasses. Oh, that's what you look like. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, we had fun. Uh, you, oh, you get, yeah. you get to enjoy dad jokes as well. That's a, that's another perk of fatherhood. Do you feel like you do a lot of dad jokes? I think I always did, but yes. now people judge me less. Yes, my brother had a baby, uh, and he did that style of joke for a long time, and people were like, "Oh, bad humor." But now he does that as a dad, and it's just kind of like. Oh, that's what you were doing all along. Yeah, I mean, it <laughs> was quite sweet. Fatherhood. <laughs> yeah, it kind of uh, it wasn't necessarily that focused, but like it was quite sweet how it all kind of clicked together. It was like, yeah, oh, that's, that's so nice. Do you know what I mean? That suggests like, that it, it, uh, he was always a dad. He just didn't always have a child. Yeah, that ends. Like that's as profound as you want it to be. Either it's just a silly joke, or it's a, uh, it's a, uh, you know, something that we've always been looking for. Yeah, beautiful. What a wonderful, yeah. wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, that's that's not. Uh, I'll try not to cry during this podcast. But <laughs> no guarantees. You would be the second person, really? Uh, yeah, in uh, in fifty nine episodes. I think I, I, you... I think I've mentioned it on the podcast. But uh, Josh James was talking about his nan, uh, and he got he got real choked up. It wasn't that must be wasn't bawling his eyes out or anything. But you know, yeah, yeah. So if you could bawl your eyes out, that'd be lovely. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe, maybe give me something to bowl my eyes over. Like maybe, um, oh, to be fair, I was gonna start crying. <laughs> I came in early to tell me off. So that, <laughs> that was pretty stressful. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I'll get that. Might have to edit that bit out. <laughs> we'll chat. We'll chat after. I'll see. I'll see how it comes out in the mix. Yeah. What's the? the uh, this isn't too related anymore. Uh, and and this is a, a a new question. I've only asked it once before, and I asked it badly before because I did I didn't understand what it meant because I'd written it down a long time ago. Wait, wait. Well, you didn't know what it meant, but you wrote it. I knew what it meant at the time. Yeah, but since then I, I read it and thought I don't know what that means. I'm sure you've had that with stand up bits, right? You write you write down the odd note, and then you look back at it and you're like, "What is a pajama yeah. hammock?" Yeah, and. There's nothing worse than trying to engineer it on stage and be like, sometimes like you figure out jokes on stage, but some when you're trying to remember how it goes, it's like, oh, yeah, it can be difficult. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll interrupt myself. I'll finish with this new question. Uh, and since we're talking about being on stage, uh, I'll ask you a question that's not written down here, but it is one of my old ones. What's the worst way you've ever been introduced to stage? Oh, good question. And I... Like, I'm sure there are a few ways. Um, and there's been, like, kind of funny ways that people... Like, I know, like, Lee Kyle has brought me on a few times. And Lee Kyle is a uh, is a Newcastle-based comedian. And he's very, very funny. But he's also quite anarchic in that way. And I think I think if anyone's to learn how to do good comparing and, well, to write... I think look at Lee Kyle uh, for a lot of that kind of stuff. But, like, uh, but that the, the one that stands out to my mind, and I won't name names, but when I first started, like, I would say about 2017-ish, I did a gig in Hastings, and I don't think this guy does it anymore, but there used to be a gig in, and it was quite like, quite like an open mic kind of gig, like, it was quite an open space in a cafe, and yeah, it wasn't necessarily the best room for a gig, but <laughs> this guy is the kind of like, it didn't just do comedy, but did some other performancey stuff as well. So like, and 
looked so I remember, awkward. Yeah, it, it was. It wasn't like a natural charm there. And he ran the night, and it kind of like. I guess the best way to, it, what happened was he, he kind of. I was on first, I think, and he literally got up on stage and like, "You're right." <clears throat> First act is Matt Hoss. <laughs> that was it. That was like four words. It's like you've introduced me. It's like that's not comparing. That's an announcement. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, uh, so that that was a bad, bad one. Um, because like to be fair, I worked it around it and it's funny, but it was like it was memorable. Been like what? <laughs> what? That's wild. Uh, well, I'll I'll give you another example, but I'll give you a side note as well. Also, sometimes like do. You, I, if I'm comparing sometimes, the the promoter would sometimes come onto the stage first to introduce me as a compare, and I'm like, you don't need to do that. Like, like I appreciate that because you, you know, it's your night and you want to like have some recognition. I totally get that. <laughs> Just, but let me, let me, you know, let let me introduce myself. It's fine. Yeah. Um, do you ever get that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's, um, um, there's, uh, I mean, you know, it's an incredible night with a lot of history behind it. Uh, is Bearcat Comedy Club? Yeah, and I opened it not too long ago. Um, but the the guy that runs the club, um, like he doesn't MC, but he introduces the first act. There's no MC. Oh, like no yeah. MC at all. Literally just, um. He sort of walks on and he's like, hello. It says like a couple of lines and he goes, uh, side eaves. And I walk on and I'm like, ah. And I I should have done more crowd work, really. But like, it was, uh, it was, it was tough. I, I, I was treating it like a set rather than emceeing. And, uh, well, that, that's a that's an understandable thing to do, though, right? Because you're in that situation, you're put to do 20 minutes. Like, I... Yeah, I feel like that's that's understandable. It's not your role necessarily to do that. Yeah. You could have done that. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, um, but yeah, um, uh, yeah. I'm not sure if you want to hear another story about being brought on stage, but I do remember doing another mic night in Newcastle called Long Live Comedy. Um, uh, and uh, a wonderful um, but the Liam uh, was running it at the time. Uh, it's not running in that that. It's called. It used to be at the Dog and Parrot and stuff like that. And this one time, uh. Uh, a drunk person, a drunk couple came halfway through the show and was just being like belligerent and like asking for magic tricks. They got up on stage. It was like a dramatic moment. It was like, wow. like these people are like pissed out their asses. And uh, Liam um, <clears throat> kind of uh, asked them to leave, then demanded that they leave. And it was an awkward situation. Uh, and he was hosting it. Uh, and they eventually left. Uh, and everyone's kind of on tent, like quite. Unsettled. Yeah. Then Liam was like, "Please welcome Matt Hobbs." Oh. <laughs> like, oh, nothing. God damn it! And uh, yeah, I, I did a did a quite corny joke, and then uh, and yeah, it moved on. But like, my God, that was it. Oh, mate, yeah, it's it can be quite um quite intense. Yeah, that's uh, that's tricky. Bloody hell. Yeah. But you kind of I I do well when there's chaos. Do you know what I mean? Oh, we're thriving chaos. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Mm, good. Wonderful. Uh right. What's the most scared you've ever been about something you've done? Uh so well there's a there's a, a secondary version of that uh question, which is uh 
I think it's just it, it essentially means uh, like have you have you ever had a, a prank backfire? My example was when I wrote that question. Um, I, I was once out, like we were walking in the dark with a group of my friends, like around some, um, uh, like round a something. It was like a, a, a sort of a, a raised uh, river wall or something. Uh, and mm-hmm. we're walking along, telling like ghost stories to try and scare each other, and uh, and I I told one that scared like three of the people and me. Yeah, I got I, got I, quite frightened. Although as I've uh, since discovered, um, I've got something. Uh, do, do you know what aphantasia is? Uh, oh, it does ring a bell. Um, because you remind me that that is the one where you can't. Uh, picture anything so like you you, yes. you can't you can't um you can't create the image of anything uh at all and a, like a friend of mine was telling me about it because uh, he has it um ashrith friend of the podcast um and uh like f- from him telling me about that i sort of i looked into it and i was like that's really interesting because like i kept thinking you know i'm sure i've got like the opposite because sometimes I like you know my my imagination is so vivid that I imagine myself in these situations, and sometimes people will tell me stuff, uh, and I'll think like, and I, in the future I won't be able to remember whether or not it was me that was there or if it was them. Turns out what mm-hmm. I've got is uh, something called hyperphantasia, uh, which is literally the opposite. It's a lot more common than uh, than aphantasia, but uh, yeah. So that's that's what that is. So I told this wow. scary story, and uh, and then got myself paranoid. That's that's interesting. That that, that I, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. I've not written any stand up about it yet, but I imagine I will. Um. Yeah, I. So, have I ever been scared by something I've done, or like, well, has a prank ever backfired? I guess that first one's quite an open question, and like. I think the answer is probably yes, but nothing necessarily springs to mind. I've definitely definitely done stuff I regret. But uh, I, well, in terms of pranks, I backfired. I did a lot of pranks on my brother as a kid, um, and there, I'm sure there'll be some which kind of I ended up crying or whatever. Like, but I think the one that stands out for me, the the, the story that came to my head is like when my partner and I first started seeing each other. I um, I would <laughs> um. I was house sitting this one time, and we were, uh, we were just like hanging out. And I, I thought, and I, for Christmas that year, I was given a mask. Um, it's um, a mask from Sands from Undertale, and it's like a, like a rubbery kind of mask. I put that on, hid, hid underneath the stairs, uh, jumped out on her, and she she uh, now has trust issues. So uh, <laughs> never like uh, like 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 you know when you jump out at someone, like ha funny, <laughs> but. Like for like an hour and a half afterwards, she's still shaking. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, oh god! No. Like, yeah, it's kind of like I I thought this was funny, but I kind of thought like this 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 is uh this is not the outcome I'd like. Oh no! But also, what else did I expect at the same time? I mean, that's exactly the reaction you were hoping for, but not expecting. It's kind of like that's what I wanted for about five seconds, yeah, and then like that's capped. Yeah, you but wanted no. that to end. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it didn't stop. <laughs> Bloody hell! Yeah, so I'm that, actually still pretty... with you. Yeah, I mean, is like, that why uh... you got pregnant? <laughs> is that really recently? <laughs> it's about eight uh, months ago. But 
let's just say that's um you know this this morning was strike two that let's uh let's say that so uh, <laughs> oh well then you've done well yeah no uh, <laughs> uh yeah it's uh yeah it's uh yeah it's uh strike two know, this think, morning it's yeah, right this morning and uh, but yeah i would say that um if I'd be honest, I think that's kind of like me learning to. It's kind of like a maturation in a certain. It's like that's kind of like how I behave to my brother, uh, not necessarily how I should just like, hang out with my partner trying to play pranks and stuff yeah. like that. And of course, I have a bit of fun, but it's slightly different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that won't be received in quite the same way. No, no. I am quite like a, like a little brother at times, and that's why I think I'm kind of a comedian because it's like kind of like like yeah. Kind of like uh like a charming imp kind of thing like yeah, yeah there's i think there's uh, uh there's there's an element to comedians that's always been there of a sort of a, a need to explore something that's particularly funny about them you know like a lot of my like don't get me wrong like now sort of a lot of stuff i do like i've always been quite analytical like i remember being in school and sitting there and just like sort of sitting there quietly watching everyone and being like oh it's weird that you do that and it's weird that you do that uh, but also, my humour was always just really silly and a bit weird, hmm. and that's still there. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Did you? Do you, do you think you had that? Like, because I, um, you know, there's people that I went to school with that uh, when I told them I was doing comedy, there's like my best mate in secondary school. He said, "Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're always that guy." I said, was I? Didn't realise, but yeah. Well, I guess for me, I think I um. You like to jump out of the audience and scare them, don't you? Leave them scared for an hour and a half. (laughs) That's how I start, yeah. They'll be leaving your hour show just scared for another half an hour afterwards. It's a horror show, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, I I, I think when I was a kid, I was definitely weird. Like, uh, I was definitely an odd person. And I think I spent a long time translating my weirdness to funny. Like, it took a little while to do that. And for a long time on stage... I thought weirdness and funny were the same thing, but it's not necessarily. Um, can be, uh, but it, it it absolutely can be. When and done I thought right, it, it yeah, but I don't think I did it right. That was the issue because I just kind of like here's a weird thing or here here's a bit of trauma, and I'm like, <laughs> and people are like, oh, that's 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 sad, and I'm yeah. like, what? It's funny, and no, so it, it took a little while to explain and kind of get people on the same page and to reframe it in a way that it kind of suits that comedy aspect so yeah you have to kind of change it a yeah. little bit like you have to like um re like redress it so to speak yeah i mean to go back to the psychology of it i suppose that is uh you know if we were sort of we were continuing to be our weird selves when we were younger but making it funny that would have been saying hey i'm weird but here's how it's relatable mm-hmm. uh which again is probably a reason that we laugh to let people know that you know like yeah, I'm weird, but it's okay. Uh, and if you know, uh, as comedians, you can come out and you can be a certain level of weird, but then there's a, a sort of a, a when you take it more seriously and start working sort of professionally, then you're you're finding uh, <laughs> more efficient ways of making your weird funny. But it's still the same thing, really, isn't it? Because yeah, we're sticking to our our our, our true selves very often. Um, yeah, and. Yeah, and I think that's um, it's really like again, it's that efficiency because not always. Because uh, I, I know sometimes post COVID, I've done gigs where I thought it'd be a really funny thing to say, and it definitely wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I think I've definitely tapped into that weirdness in that time. Yeah, nice. 
Wonderful. Yeah, keep being weird, man. That's, oh, what, that's what we're here for. I definitely try. And, uh, you know, I always try to be as uh, unique as possible. So, uh, yeah, I think that's the, the key to my kind of comedy. It's just being kind of... Uh, and key to my happiness is just just doing the things that I think are uh, good. Yeah, that's it. Who was I talking to the other day? I was talking. It was at a gig, and I was talking to a comedian about it. Where you know, when you're writing comedy, just write it for yourself. Obviously, you need to sort of you you need to adapt it so that it's funny for the audience. But don't start out from the perspective of what is an audience going to like. I'm going to write that. Yeah, because you you write for yourself, and then. And 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 you'll find the funny in that. So you're bringing the audience into your world rather than creating a world for the audience. Yeah, and that's yeah. I would say that's very close to kind of like, that's kind of like selling out a little bit because not not. I don't mean selling out as a nasty term, but like a term which is like you've got to create something for you rather than create something that you think other people want. Do you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. and and it's a write write for the things that you think are funny, but keep the things that other people find funny. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I could write a bit about you know Skyrim or whatever, and some people would either like that, some people might not like that, and like there's parts of that you can like. I feel like yeah, uh, you have to really experiment with with that. Yeah. Nice. Right. I uh, need to go to the toilet in a moment, so. <laughs> Well, that uh, I I'll be honest with you. I end a surprising amount of podcasts by saying, "Right, I need to go for a poo or for a wee." Uh, okay, and, uh, <laughs> well, and it's a to today. be on. So uh, we're, we've got a number one. Um, where can people find you online? So I do a lot of. Um, uh, yeah, please find me kind of on all platforms. I'm at host comedy. I do a lot of Twitch and YouTube stuff. So if you do want to check that out, um please do check that out. I do a lot of stuff online which uh yeah if you like weird stuff come see yeah Twitch channels uh, where they go. But also you can find uh, Matt House Comedy online uh and other platforms. Uh I try to avoid Twitter or uh, whatever it's called now but like uh yeah uh, but you can find me uh you can find me around on Matt House Comedy. Lovely. Uh and have you got anything you want to plug podcast uh, I would recommend you can check out my podcast called Castable, which is where I get um, guests to pitch their dream music festival and we have a bit of a laugh at that. Um, but also I have a podcast with Bethany Black and Michael Legg called This Is A Music Quiz, where uh, we get um, yeah we get guests on to do like a pod- podcast panel show about music. It's a bit like Nevermind the Buzzcocks, but shut up. We had the idea first, shut <laughs> up actually, so shut did up. You? No, we didn't. Uh. No, no, no. <laughs> but we, we did it in the absence of that and uh with our own house style and uh yeah it then it came back and we felt a bit guilty about it but um i felt a bit guilty i don't think anyone else gives a shit (laughs) yeah i've got uh i've got michael coming on soon in fact lovely michael say hi from me i will Uh, i should get bethany on too but i've uh, i've only met her once and it was a long time ago but uh yeah I'll, I'll reach out anyway uh and also your comedy club yes i run uh, a couple of clubs called funny rabbit comedy and uh, we have two uh franchises well well not really franchise but basically two clubs one in uh canterbury and kent and the gilbankin theater and also uh harwich in essex so uh yes they, they're monthly shows so if you do like your comedy uh with fantastic acts um I, and I, I couldn't possibly say which fantastic acts are appearing soon but you uh you okay. can certainly so if in november come see me 
<laughs> I couldn't possibly, I couldn't possibly say, but uh, um, by, by which I mean I haven't, yeah, haven't, yeah, haven't put, uh, but it's, it's not by not the posts aren't done yet, but like, yeah, uh, go and check that out. The re- uh, really fun uh, monthly comedy club shows, also really affordable comedy. I would say great, great comedy at great prices. So. There you go. That's a that's a wonderful pitch. Uh, yeah, I think we are very proud of that. Yeah, nice, cool, right? Uh, I. Uh, to, well, I need to blow my nose as well, so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go because I'm struggling right. to breathe through my mouth. Uh, well, take care, mate, and I'll see you soon. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. It's been really delightful Ooh. seeing you. Uh, yes, uh, and you too. Take care of yourself. Okay. Cheers, man. You too. See you later. Bye. 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 So that was Matt Hoss. Check out his podcast. Find him online. All all of the good things. Don't forget. 6th of November, that is next Monday, if you're listening to this in time, 2023, in case you're listening to this way in the future, uh, you've, you've missed it. Yeah, 6th, 6th of November, 2023, I'm recording Cyclops at 21 in Southend, uh, along the seafront. Wonderful venue, wonderful views. There won't be during the show, the curtains will be closed. But, you know, come in and come, come and be part of the crowd. Because it'd be a wonderful thing, like you know, in the future when I'm wildly famous, you'll be able to say, "Oh, that was me. I was there in that in that wonderful little crowd." Or like, oh, "Do you remember that guy when that guy used to be when that guy used to do comedy? I was I was at that show. What happened to him? Now I'm a postman. I don't know." Yeah, come and come and see the show. And if you can't make it down, but you still want to support, then uh, then there are options without tickets. Plenty of options, loads of options. You can, uh, like, it's going to be free to watch on YouTube. That is that is uh, important to remember. But you can also buy the download code for the video if you want to watch it offline at any time and the audio album so that you can just listen to it at any time and that will work the same. There'll be, I imagine, there'll be the same show, just one with video. Yeah, so do do that. Head over to sideeves.com. And that will, uh, you'll be able to find the link that you need. Now, tour is what I was going to mention. Uh, tour is starting in February. I still need to firm up some of the dates. I believe the first date is, I'm not entirely sure about it yet, because the the, the date that I've been offered it, uh, is an early show. So if that's going to work, I don't, I don't entirely know. But uh, the 7th of February in Bristol will be a 6pm show at the room above and if that pays off then that'll be really good that'll be it's a lovely room and if i can get even it just a few people just to cover the costs i'm already there because i'm doing a charity night the night before so you know the overhead's minimal on that one so i just it'd just be nice to have a nice first show of the tour because it's a proper tour it's my first one i'm going on tour it's a proper proper tour my first proper tour and i'm very excited and i'm booking it all myself so it's really really hard work so please do come along because it's a bloody good job as well. It's really, really fun. But yeah, so the first date, yeah, Bristol on the 7th of February, probably. That's not 100% booked yet, but probably that. And then, I mean, uh, Leicester Comedy Festival doing the shows. Continuation of the tour, but a part of the festival on the 8th and 9th of February. And then we skip forward a bit and we've got Manchester, Edinburgh. I'm trying to get another one in before Manchester on the sort of on the journey up to to make the most of that. Ooh, 21st of February. In the middle of that, there's um, I'm at um, the Attic in Southampton. That is a big venue. It's too big of a venue, 
So uh, I'll come to that, please. I need to sell some tickets for that. It's all going to be very reasonably priced because I'm not famous. But it's not going to be any less funny than some of the big tour shows you'll go and see. It's going to be a bloody good show. So yeah, there's that. And then, like I say, we're going up to Manchester, then Edinburgh, trying to get one. Uh, so 20, 21st of February, uh, Southampton. 28th is Manchester. 29th is Edinburgh. 27th is where I'm going to try and get something, you know, in the middle of the country, sort of on the way up to Manchester. And then, oh, I should have written this down already. I think it's the 31st of March. I'm at Glasgow International Comedy Festival for the very first time. uh, And it's going to be part of this tour. So that's Glasgow at the end of March. All of these dates will be, they'll be on the website. They'll be on sideeads.com and, you know, they'll be available via the link tree as well there are also during march we're going to be doing the south end date which is going to be recorded so there's still a few dates to confirm there's going to be one possibly two potentially three in cornwall i'm going to do those as a little uh trip down there i'm working with graham wilkes who is going to be helping me book those up where else there's a couple more there's a few more that i'm doing which again they're not they're not booked yet but it's all happening. We are getting the dates booked in. So please come down to those. Right, I have prattled on for a good while. But crucially, it's a very exciting time. You know, uh, it's my first ever tour. Buying a place to live by myself for the first time. The stuff's, It's all, you know, it's positive. It's all good stuff that's happening. Coming off the back of uh, a bout of stress. So it's all... It's all sorting itself out, baby. But tell your friends, like and subscribe. Go and drop us a five-star review if you can, because that really helps with the visibility of the podcast. Also, I can't remember if I've previously announced who it is that's making my merch, or designing my merch, should I say. But uh, that is, that's finally, that's happening. That's finally in, in, in process. I've been talking about it for years, and now it's happening. So, cool. Very excited. Tour, merch, Cyclops, next Monday. At 21, recording, Kickstarter, get involved. That's going to be open for a little while after as well, the Kickstarter, so that like you can uh, continue buying the download codes and that I mean that will still be available uh, later in the future. I've got I've got to work that out. Yeah, but it will be. Yeah, but you, so you can you can still get the um, the credits and stuff that are available on there to add to the recording. Yeah, wonderful, cool. Thanks for listening. I'll see you at the show. I'll see you in the next episode, which I I promise will be sooner than uh, this was compared to the last one. This this could be a shorter gap. Because the stressful stuff is done, I think that's the worst of it. I think think that's the worst of it. I think that's the worst of the stress done. And now we're all smooth sailing through till Christmas. And then uh, we're going to get heavy on the promoting of the tour. I mean, that's going to be, I'm going to be, you know, those, those dates will be firmed up by then and I'll be promoting it properly thanks for listening like and subscribe tell your friends five star review all of that stuff i love you i'll see you soon goodbye